0: Welcome to the first episode of Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. Now, what do I mean when I say old-time music? Honestly, I'm not really interested in pinning it down right now, but suffice it to say, you're going to hear fiddles and banjos, discussion about whether Appalachia or Appalachia is correct, and a lot of assertions that we're definitely not playing bluegrass unless you're hiring us for a gig. My guests choose five tunes and a theme for our episode, and we play those tunes and talk about those tunes. I will more than likely ask how my guests discovered old time music, and they will more than likely have a pretty interesting answer. We will most assuredly digress into non old time territory, or progress, depending on your sensibilities. Today is part one in the Baltimore Boys series, wherein I jam with the friends and tenants of Brad Kaladner. We discuss growing up in the household of Hammer dulcimer titan Ken Kolodner and play some of their best modern takes on traditional tunes. This episode features three clawhammer banjo duets, which you don't hear every day, hopefully. There's an exciting tension to these recordings. Lining up bum ditties, the basic clawhammer stroke, is no easy task, let me tell you. But I think we made something special, and I hope you agree. Also, I found out Brad's a straight up DJ. As if his claw hammer prowess wasn't intimidating enough, Brad is a total pro at interviews. Make sure to stick around after the interview if you want to find out when Brad's playing near you. Also, there will be details on how to access exclusive bonus content. One final note before we get started. I like to pan the music pretty wide, which means you need both your left and right earbuds in to get the full experience. In this particular recording, I'm in your left ear and Brad is in your right. I hope you like the way we ping pong these tunes across your skull. Without further ado, my interview and jam with Brad Kolodner. Oh, man, that sounded really good. Um this is Brad Kalodner.
1: Welcome, Brad. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Welcome to my lair here <laughs> at my house here in Baltimore. Uh
0: just for the listener, we are in a room that's more instrument than room. Uh there are
1: lots of instruments in here. Well, I'm a, I'm a dealer for gold tones, so you know I have more banjos than I than I play myself. Oh. But I think that's a common story for any banjo fanatic. One of these days, I'm going to have more banjos
0: than I can play. <laughs> that would be very well, nice. Well, you know, they all
1: they all have different characters and different voices, and that's, that's the way that I justify having, you know, a bunch here. But th- they all serve a different purpose. You know, I've got a gourd banjo here, I've got a, a banjola, which is like a wooden banjo, and then I've got a couple of my... Primary instruments, and then a bluegrass banjo. I've been uh, playing some three finger banjo lately. I know that's probably going to get me axed from this old time series, but you know.
0: I raised my eyebrows. <laughs> I don't know. Probably didn't come through in the recording.
1: Uh, awesome.
0: Um, yeah. How'd you? Uh, how'd you get into playing old time music?
1: Well, I grew up in a musical family, so my, my father Ken is a hammer dulcimer player and fiddler. So whether I liked it or not, I had to listen to his music growing up, and the the bands that. He played with and the various musicians that would come over to the house I mean folks like uh, Doc Watson and Alison Krauss and Jay Unger came through the house when I was a little kid and I had no idea I was like who are these people they they're all they all sound the same and they all play the same music what's the deal I was you know probably six years old when when all these different folks would come through and uh, play with my my dad and and his his former band Helicon which is a world music trio they they played more than just old time they played a lot of Irish and um, like world music from China and Africa and South America they did all kinds of stuff uh, but I, uh, I, I didn't start playing old time or any kind of folk music until I was a I guess I was a senior in high school I attended this little music camp up in Maine called Meadowlark it's uh, one of these music camps for adults uh, but as a teenager uh, I was uh, old enough to go and take some of the classes and my dad was teaching Hammer dulcimer there and so I tagged along, and uh, my sister who had been going for a number of years, who's a couple years younger, was having so much fun that I couldn't resist. As the older brother, I was very jealous, you know. Wait, were sister.
0: you playing? You were. You said, how old were you? I, I was
1: seventeen. You. I was a senior. And
0: were you already a musician?
1: No, no. You I, didn't play anything. No, not really. I played, is, I played cello for for in school orchestra, but not seriously. I brought it to school on Monday, left it there all week, and brought it home Friday night. You know, Man. I never really practiced it. I'm yeah. always
0: really interested in people who grew up in, like, the old-time community or in, like, music community and, like, how, yeah, how long it takes them to get... Some people start right away. Some people, mm-hmm. out of, like, sort of uh, rebellion, never touch an acoustic instrument or at all, like...
1: Yeah. And... I don't think it was a rebellion so much for me. I just didn't really think it was... I I just never occurred to me that I could play my parents didn't push me to playing or anything so they they wanted me to you know play the instrument that uh, you know for the school orchestra right right. I mean I picked the cello myself but but I was at the school I went to they you know everybody has to play an instrument Uh, and so I I picked up the cello and Went from there, but didn't take it very seriously. So you're at this camp, yes. Metalark, in Metal Metalark, and
0: your mm-hmm. older sister.
1: My younger sister younger was sister. was had been going there for a number of years and taking guitar and fiddle classes. Yeah, and she still plays a little bit of fiddle and and some guitar and ukulele and stuff. But um, I she was having so much fun hanging out with some of the other kids that go to the camp. It's like I said, mostly for adults, but some of the children go as well. And so I decided to go, and I um I was planning to just hang out with the other kids, like play soccer, go swimming, and goof off, and not really. Right. Take the instrument classes very seriously, uh, but I ended up taking uh, a harmonica class and a singing class. So two classes that uh, didn't require big instruments you know right. to carry around uh, like the cello. And uh, I was going to take a penny whistle class another tiny instrument but that class had filled up uh when um we signed up that you know the first night of the camp so I uh the only other choice at that point was a banjo class with Richie Stearns who's a phenomenal claw hammer player from Ithaca I'm sure many of your listeners will know Richie's playing you know who he is and uh, I uh I just really fell in love with the banjo that week clawhammer especially hooked me I'd heard bluegrass banjo but didn't think like I said earlier didn't think much of it I thought it sounded fine but I'd never occurred to me that I could actually pick up a banjo and start playing. So I borrowed one of Richie's banjos for that week and I uh, learned how to play the basic bum ditty, and uh, that's know, where it starts. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> in the bum ditty. Yep. For those of you who aren't banjo players or who haven't picked up uh, or tried to do clawhammer banjo,
1: it's uh, the bum ditty. Yeah, play a bum ditty. I spend many hours a day teaching this to my students. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's the very basic rhythmic structure of, of claw hammer.
0: It sounds really simple, but... It's kind of like it's it's very counterintuitive to play, like especially if you're approaching it from another instrument because sure. it's um, it's a lot of downward motion, right and it's sort of like you're just smacking your guitar. I mean you're smacking your banjo, but it sounds uh, so delicate and interesting and there's so many things going on but it's but it looks like just like chaos. <laughs>
1: Well when you're watching it from the front, it just looks like your hands moving in and out of the the head doing the same thing every time, but you get different notes. It's it's kind of this it's a very bizarre way of, of playing. No other instrument is really played like this. Yeah. I mean of course this style has roots in Africa and you can even go back to Africa today and see folks who play various gourd instruments with a sort of like a claw hammer type pattern. Yeah, I've it's saw, varied a lot.
0: I've seen some like a conting right, videos. Right. I don't know much about much about that that culture like I, I know that yeah claw hammer specific like the technique and the instrument you know are like from Africa and but yeah I've seen I've seen variations on the bum diddy in right. some of those videos it's kind of cool to watch yeah.
1: So after that camp I asked my father for a banjo. I said that banjo class was a ton of fun. Can you round up a banjo from one of your music friends and so sure enough he jumped on the opportunity like probably thinking finally my son at 17 is finally yeah. taking interest. <laughs> I liked their music, uh, my dad's music and and uh, but I just I never it was played dad, it.
0: It was dad's thing.
1: Yeah, it was dad's thing. Yeah. I, I played I played sports, you know, growing up uh, my dad played sports, you know, I was into that. Uh, but I wasn't really into the music thing for whatever reason. And I also didn't recognize that there were other people my age playing music. So that was particularly, uh, um that was a big hook for me when I went to Clifftop and, you know, all these other, uh, you know, festivals and just saw that there were younger people playing this music. I would always thought of it, like you said, as my dad's thing, people of his, his yeah. age bracket, right. I didn't recognize that there were teenagers and people in their twenties who were playing music. And especially when I went to college a couple of years later, I went to Ithaca college up in New York where Ithaca, um, where Richie lives, but that happened to be more of a coincidence than anything. I went to school to study journalism and, and radio broadcasting. Oh, sure. And, um, They have a nice uh, school for that. And I uh, didn't really plan to take music too seriously in college, but I I ended up playing quite a bit in school, practicing, you know, banjo. And I started picking up the fiddle senior year, maybe, of college, junior, senior year. And uh, that that town, Ithaca, was really uh, vibrant and still is and has been for decades. a very vibrant old-time scene that really got me hooked as well.
0: Man, I had been just like... so. I'm like going to go see you and your dad tonight play it. How often do you and your dad play?
1: Well, I'd say we do about 50 shows a year. So yeah. usually about one every week. Now, not, they aren't all a uh, public concerts. Sometimes we do like a private party or right. a wedding, you know, or things, but most of the time they're, they're shows, uh, at, for concert series or festivals kind of all over the, all over the region. Like last night, uh, we were in near, we were near Lynchburg, Virginia, played a little concert at a, a nice little concert series they have down there. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, drove, drove down yesterday and came back last night. And tonight we're playing down in Baltimore. And then the following week, there's a square dance in Baltimore that I help organize. And then the following week, we've got another gig. It's Yeah, it's a pretty steady flow of, of shows with my dad. I had been picturing,
0: like, I had this sort of, like, idea of you and your dad. Like, you grew up, like soon as you could get your hand on a banjo, no. you know, you started playing and, like, you guys gig together all growing. Like, I had this sort of, like, thing yes. that I was developing in my mind because I'm just constantly seeing, like, posters. of Like, I'm looking at a poster right now of, I mean, you're... How old are you there? I'm uh, probably 20. 20? 20. 20. It's a, it's a very... Uh, baby-faced, yes, well, no <laughs> beard. Yeah, no beard. Yeah, that would be no beard. Be, was probably twenty-one-ish. You know, yeah. probably end of college. So I, I don't know. I guess like maybe does anyone else ever assume that you've been playing with oh, your dad time.
1: forever? Of course, you know, all those yeah. musical families have those little you know toddler, uh, right? You know, toddlers playing Christmas tree uh, ornament fiddles. You know, yeah, <laughs> the, the age of three. You know, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of folks assume that because I grew up in the music they figured oh well, you probably just started when you were a little kid right but no i um i didn't really i didn't think much of it you know until i was a little bit older when i saw that actually people my age were, were playing that really hooked me I and mean, the instrument itself hooked me the banjo really captured my attention just the the sound the way the strings vibrated in right. the head and it just all felt and sounded cool and it got me really hooked you know just the instrument but it really took off from there when i saw that there was a whole community of people who play this kind of stuff
0: totally yeah um I have a son and uh he's 13 months old right now and uh i guess i I think about it all the time like are we going to start playing music together right. or is he gonna like hate it or like where what's this gonna what's gonna happen um and I guess it's like that's really like cool to hear that you know it took a long time but now you guys are hanging out like every week yeah you know? oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm gonna remember that. Not that I he needs to play a show every week with me, yeah. you know. Like I'm, I'm yes. trying to have no expectations, even though like I want to have like a family band.
1: Of course, <laughs> you know. Like I feel like a lot of people do, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm
0: trying not to like put him in a corner. It's a
1: tough balance, you know. How much to pressure, and uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, if you if you pressure your kids at all. I mean, my parents didn't pressure me at all to play. Yeah, and I um, I'm very grateful for that. I think if I had started playing banjo or fiddle when I was really young. Today I think, oh man, I wish I had started banjo ten years earlier, started right. fiddle when I was right. five. But you know, every time I think about that, I wonder, do, would I still be playing today? Would I have burned out? Right. You know, yeah. would I Have you know retained that interest after those years? I see a lot of, you know, I see a lot of young folks who pick up an instrument, um, you know, because their parents encourage them to. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't take. And then right. they, you know, that's it. And and that's what happened with the cello for me. I played cello from fourth grade through twelfth grade in school, uh, in the orchestra. And I was, I was okay. I mean, I never really took it very seriously. But uh, that that might be what, that may have happened with the banjo or the fiddle. You know, I would have just played it, not taking it very seriously. Right. Not like there was a band an old-time band class at, at school. Right. Uh, <laughs> that might have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just... Uh, I'm glad that I came to it when I did. I don't have any regrets about picking it up as a 17-year-old uh, versus much younger when I could have. I certainly had the resources there uh, with all these musicians in the area. And my, my dad seems to know a lot of the folks, at least growing up, you know who, who's who and who teaches. And yeah, I just didn't take advantage of that.
0: Well, it's also encouraging to me because I haven't been playing banjo for like... I got my first banjo in 2008 and I very slowly made my way to old time. I, I, I got a banjo because, you know, like... Was it
1: an open back? Or was uh, it a, no, it wasn't. Was
0: it? Okay. I didn't even know the difference right, at right. that point. I just got one because, like, you know, Sufjan was playing oh, yeah, a banjo. And, like, it was in the, uh, the popular idiom, like, you know, uh, folk, indie folk stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to use that to in my songwriting or whatever and it took a really long time to like actually realize no there's like a whole history and there's a community of people and um you don't have to uh you don't have to be like a like a song writer or like do rehearsals to like play music with
1: people right like you can just tap into this vocabulary of old time music and it's a shared repertoire and a language that you learn and it's, it's oh, it's, there's nothing better than just sitting down with folks you've yeah. never played with before. I mean, we've never played Billy in the Low Ground before together. And I mean, you know, I've played with you a couple times at Clifftop, yeah. but beyond just sort of a casual jamming kind of experience, you know. But that's the fun part about this music, the, that yeah. communal style. You don't need to rehearse a million times. I mean, it, of course, if you're trying to perform and you want to perfect a song, you know, of course, rehearsing is helpful. But yeah, you don't have to. The social component of this music is what keeps me interested.
0: Yeah, me too. It's i think in general just like reinvigorated my interest in music because it's not success oriented
1: <laughs> i mean how do you even de- define what success is exactly in music? yeah it's, yeah you can't quantify this it is in now, dollars i mean it's it's you know how how i mean you could but i think that's that's a much shallower way of viewing it i think uh this yeah, is whether like, you feel inspired to keep playing that's you know
0: i feel like this is like you know me pursuing success in music now is like trying to make stuff with people as yeah. often as possible and like, you know go on you. weekend trips to Baltimore. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to play <laughs> the music. Charm City, yeah. yeah. Um let's get to G real quick. Sure thing. Um and play the Big Soyote. Do you wait do you say Sayota or Soyote?
1: What do you say? I say Sayote, but I recognize that the river is called the Big Sayota. In fact my father and I last year played in uh played in Ohio very close to the Scioto River, and uh, of course, had to play this tune. So, I'm changing instruments here into my old banjo. This is a 1920s Fairbanks tubaphone. for those of you banjo nerds out there. So, all right. Yeah, this version, of course, or this tune has been played so many times. And my my dad and I, when we arrange a lot of these melodies, like to, you know, reharmonize them, change some of the chords around. There's so much beauty within the the simplicity of the tunes. Yet there's so much to dig deep with. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with these melodies, especially when you slow them down. I think right, it's a lot of yeah. fun. But I mean, of course, I love you know, raging at 3 in the morning, playing as fast and loud as I can at Clifftop, you know, but uh, it's also a ton of fun to be more contemplative and slow things down a bit with these tunes. Are you wanting to do, because the video that I watched,
0: so, Brad sent me a video of him playing this with Tony Trishka. It's like, oh, let's yeah. play this. I'm like, oh, all right
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not <laughs> That was play. kind of a free-for-all so I yeah. that was pretty that we had not played that uh-huh. you know, Before then so that was just kind of winging it right so we can we can do that as well
0: Do you do you want to do like uh, the slow and then fast?
1: We can try that. That'd be um, fun I,
0: I thought that was really cool when you guys did it. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let you cue.
1: Okay. Yeah I'll, uh, transition. I'll give you the foot, you know when we're going fast Big Sayori. <laughs> Right nice. on. It's yeah, a fun, beautiful tune, and uh, I first heard that uh, at least in an old time context from Adam Hurt. Of course, is like he's yeah. got this famous version, you know, in the old time world, um, you know, taking a tune and slowing it down and prettifying it. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the inspiration behind that one, along with the you know other. My my dad and I like to add in these these little bass runs, you know, these little walk downs and uh-huh. things. You know, it's pretty. Pretty uh, pretty basic stuff in the grand scheme of the music world, uh, you know, jazz and <laughs> and classical and whatever. I mean, there's all that kind of stuff. But it's funny how in old times some of the
0: it's a real left turn in old times. It can yeah. be <laughs>
1: yes, just just you yeah. know putting in a minor substitution or some or seven chords, you know, uh-huh. minor chord even, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's but I think it's I think it's all fun. It's all yeah,
0: fun. playing playing that slow is like. It's deceptively difficult. You have to be so intentional, and it's yeah. like every note that you play is like just going to be so much more obvious. Oh,
1: playing slow is definitely harder, in my opinion. It's, I need it's, to do that it's, more. It's hard. <laughs> It's fun. I mean, I it's it's it can be really challenging because you're right. Everything you do is under under a microscope. You can't get away with a tiny mistake, you know, it's, it's all very, uh, I, I enjoy playing slow. I think it's, it's probably, I, I play slow more when I'm playing solo or when I'm playing with just like one or two other people. I think it's in a bigger group, it can be hard to get everybody wrangled, you know, for a slow tune. Um, so, you know, typically in a jam, I'm not going to play slow, but, uh, yeah, but you know, occasionally in a, in a concert or, uh, you know, just playing with one or two other people, we might, I might say, Hey, let's just do, you know, one, one slow tune in this set or let's do one you know, just to see what we can do with it. There's a lot of these melodies when you slow them down, you you start to, you're, you're, it allows you to sort of recognize the possibilities for harmonic changes. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, especially, you know, I like playing up the neck as I can tell you, like playing up the neck too. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, chord inversions and, Mm -hmm. and just syncopations and all kinds of cool little licks that you can come up with. Uh, especially when you, when you venture up the neck too, which is, can be a left turn as well Uh in in the the old time banjo (laughs) world. Um, it's always fun to, to see that what, what you can do with the instrument, expand upon just the basic version.
0: Yeah. It's traditional music, you know, you're looking, looking backward and forward
1: at the same time. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, and it's impossible to, to just stick to the, the way that even if you, I mean, I can't play it two times in a row the same uh-huh. way. I mean, some of the tunes that I teach, I've got a bunch of students and, and, uh, you know, I've. Some of these tunes, I, I teach them the same. Try to teach them the same way so that I don't right. have one student who comes in and plays it one way, and then I say, "Oh, that's not how I played it." And then I realize, "Oh, that is actually the way I played it mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago." I don't know. It's it's good to keep some consistency. But uh...
0: I had to learn my first couple couple tunes, um, f- you know, from some tab. I think it was the Melodic Clawhammer book with like
1: Bob Carlin and all those folks. Oh I like yeah, the... or Ken Perlman. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. in there, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget
0: who Andy Kayham. Yeah, Is yeah,
1: I mean? those. up get some of those books sitting behind you up there on my shelf. Oh, nice. A bunch of these banjo books that I that I used. Mm. I definitely use tab and, and mm. some some books to getting started. Uh, but then then once I learned to, how to use my ears and you know yeah. listen, uh, I think that was. If you learn it helpful. on
0: paper, it's hard to stray away from the paper. You know, yeah, even though when I play those first tunes that I learned like from reading them, it's hard for me to like get away from that arrangement that i right. originally learned so it's yeah it's good to like it's a good jumping off point i think it, so it's it's accessible necessary i think necessary yeah i think
1: it's and i think most folks who, who write tab you know or write out the music would say that i think yeah they acknowledge that that having tab is is just a stepping stepping stone yeah. it's it's sort of a guide but by no means the the rule Uh, for how to play any tune so yeah i i I always at least with my students i always emphasize you know work on learning by ear i play fiddle and and guitar too so we we learn tunes from other instruments as well i mean i'll probably learn more of my tunes these days from fiddles and then play them on banjo rather than learning from another banjo player of course there are many great banjo players and lots of technique and and licks and things that you can learn from other banjo players but and tone and all kinds of stuff but in terms of the melodies i like to i like to go from from the fiddles yeah definitely it
0: can be uh you don't see a lot of banjo players leading a tune in a jam i think it's cuz like it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of sustain yeah, it doesn't cut through like a fiddle does sometimes and the the role of the banjo is so fluid in old time music some people play every note that the fiddle plays some right. people are kind of just closer to like playing chords and right, like right. it all sounds good but it's uh yeah it can Sometimes it's a little frustrating as because I don't play fiddle, um, but as a banjo player, if I want to like lead a
1: tune, yeah, it's asking a lot. Well, maybe to, you don't have to always play with fiddles. yeah' you know, I, I play in yeah. a band with a hammer dulcimer player. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> together we share a lot of the melody, and, and yeah. it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun to. I mean, I love playing fiddles, but it's fun to also play banjo in non-traditional fiddle context. You know, mm-hmm. so you can you can hear uh, you know the intricacies of the melodies coming through the banjo beyond just accompanying the fiddle of course the banjo i think evolved primarily accompanying fiddlers but yeah. um but that's not to say I mean, in bluegrass of course banjo can be a lead instrument uh, a lot of bands don't have fiddles at all so mm-hmm. you know i think in the bluegrass world you definitely have a lot of three-finger banjo players who are leading tunes claw it just doesn't i guess doesn't cut through as well when you have a fiddle but uh, when there's no fiddle i think the banjo can certainly be a lead yeah, I mean. Even when the fiddle is playing, you can fiddlers can can back off and play chords and rhythm, and the banjo can kind of step forward a little. Again, another left turn in the old time uh-huh. world, but uh, you know, it's. I think those left turns are are fun. Yeah, I like them a lot. Get you on your
0: toes. Yeah, it's good to play with. Uh, sometimes to, there are some there are some curmudgeonly folks in the old time community, but they're they're really. No, let's not alienate your audience. Here. They're <laughs> no, they're really gentle about it. There are people who like want to stick with the. Uh, um stick with the tradition and it's really good to play with those folks because they yeah they like i think it's important for some people to have like let's not forget what happened and uh musically and like they want to dive further into those tunes oh most definitely i think yeah. you need
1: both i think you need folks on both ends of the spectrum it's
0: always really stretching like whenever i play with um these people aren't curmudgeons at all. They're really nice. So this isn't an example of curmudgeons, but like when I play with uh, Claire Milliner and Walt Coco, oh sure, right. uh, It's I'm always just like, because they want to play in C and they want to play all these like raggy tunes oh, and yes, like they're hard. <laughs> and all those tunes are like, oh my goodness, like yeah. they're yeah, it's so so but challenging I think, I think and that inspiring.
1: Di- I think that diversity though amongst the tunes, you know and the type and the approaches really keeps the community of players vibrant though I am yeah. very happy and honored to play with folks of all different um, you know varieties with regards to their approaches to the music because it really gives you a comprehensive view of the music rather than just thinking about trying to mimic the source recordings or just yes, trying yeah. to play like the way you know Richie Stearns or some like mm-hmm. progress, you know really sort of you know progressive kind of approach to the to the music. Um, and, uh, I think it's, I think it's all fun to mix it together. And, and I also, you know, like any m- musician will adjust their playing based on who they're playing with. You know, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a conversation and you, so you want to, you know, if somebody's talking quietly, you want to talk quietly with them, you know, if they're mm-hmm. talking loudly, you've got to match them, you know, and if they're, you know, you, you just, you just, uh, you know, as long as you approach it like that, I, I think it's really, uh. It makes it much more enjoyable when you you don't feel like there's a right way or a wrong way or you're fighting them for, you know, a certain way of playing. It's best when you can all come together, you know, agree on a version somehow.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're yeah, we just created some some new versions. Oh, yeah. Happens every time. And we will create it again. <laughs> yeah. This is the
1: last it's, time. We, I mean, that, the way we played it, that will never happen again. Yeah. No matter how hard we try it. Even if we went back and listened to the recording, that's the fun part, though. And and I I love the the melodies, these old time melodies, because the skeletons of these tunes um, are really just the jumping off point. You know, there's so much you can do just with the basic frame of a tune, adding in variations and and changing it, and 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 then sometimes not changing it and keeping it pretty straight. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all fun.
0: Let's uh let's get to A and like play these last
1: three. tunes. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do that Grub Springs. Yeah. You just tune up all your strings. You don't use a capo.
0: No, I don't really like using a capo because um, kind of deadens it a little bit, and uh, it it throws off my kinesthesia. You know, like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like my feeling yeah. of where my hands are supposed to go. I used to.
1: No, I'm on your team there. I don't use a capo either only when necessary
0: oh yeah I, if i'm I, gonna play in you know b flat so i like play that. in this
1: this besides playing with my father i play in this other band called charm city junction that plays a variety of irish and old time and bluegrass and we sing and, and stuff and in that group we play in the key of e a lot uh-huh. <laughs> so i use a capo there and then we we play in, in f and you know yeah I, heard, unusual I was listening keys. to your last chance yeah in it's f. F, f tuning i was yeah. trying
0: to like learn it and uh I was looking for a version of Last Chance to to learn because I think uh, Lucas wants to play Last Chance. and But I found yours. Oh. I was like, this, what key is this in? And I was yeah. looking at your hands. I was like, oh, he's playing an F and C. I was playing in C. an F.
1: It's an F tuning. Yeah, Last Chance tuning. Oh. F, C, F, C, D. Yeah.
0: Interesting. It's really I easy,
1: actually, once you get that tuning. We could play that tune if you want. Uh, that could be fun, I, yeah. I, mean, I know I'd be taking a, a, no, I don't, yeah. a veering off path here. I'd I'd be down to play that one if you want to do that one instead of Grub Springs. Okay. Or, or I know you rehearsed, probably practiced Grub Springs a little. No, let's <laughs> let's do Last Chance. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, well, uh, let's do that one. I'm
0: yeah, gonna... I can uh, I can cut this so that there's less, um awkward, you know, like, transition and stuff yeah, yeah, as necessary. Yeah. What? Uh... But I man, you don't. But you haven't played this tuning before. I haven't. I can. I learned how. I, in the video, I thought you were doing it in. Um, like double C tuning? In double C no, tuning. No. So I learned how to do it in double C tuning. Oh,
1: well, you can do that. <laughs> Maybe that'd be, that'd be interesting. Yeah. All right, yeah. I'll go back Let's down. try that. So we'll go to this.
0: Okay, so we're cutting to this moment because uh, uh, we decided to do a different tune. We're going to do the Charm City Junction. Uh, talk about Charm City Junction. Sure. Yeah.
1: So this this I play with my dad uh, probably most, uh, and then the bassist with my father and I when we play as a trio sometimes, Alex Lacrimont, he is uh, also a member of Charm City Junction, which is another band that I, I play with. Um, so Alex on bass, myself on banjo, and then one of my roommates, Patrick McAvinu, a phenomenal bluegrass fiddler who's toured uh, for about 10-12 years in a bluegrass band called Audie Blaylock and Redline. He's played in like every bluegrass, uh, every bluegrass festival in the country and around the world. Um, and so he plays fiddle and mandolin. And then we have an accordion player, an Irish button accordion player who lives in Baltimore as well, Sean McComiskey, who grew up in a musical family. He played accordion when he was really young. And uh, his dad, Billy, is pretty well known in the Irish world uh, as a, one of the master button accordion players. And Sean's excellent. And the, and all four of us play these different genres. You know, I, I mostly play old time. Alex, he plays a lot of old time these days, but he played a lot of classical and jazz music uh, in his earlier days as a bass player. And... Sean plays Irish music primarily, and Patrick plays bluegrass. And we all, you know, play different genres a little bit, but we each have our own sort of corner of the traditional world. And uh, it's really fun to come together with that group and bring together these different influences and and really uh, sculpt a a new sound with that band. And so we we play a lot too. I'd say we do about, maybe not as not not a lot, but I'd say 25, 20 gigs a year. And we usually, when we do play, we play... um, You know, at at, um, some of the larger festivals out there Um, this year, I'm really excited about um, some of the. We're playing at Grey Fox, and we're playing at um, uh, Delaware Valley Bluegrass Festival, um, which isn't far from you, near Philadelphia, and uh, then. We're, we're doing a lot of a nice nice gigs and festivals this year so I'm really excited to get our music out there because we're just starting we've only been playing for a couple of years so I'm excited to get our old-time Irish bluegrass fusion out to the out to the masses people may throw tomatoes at us yeah but some, some <laughs> may love it we'll see this is a tune that we've recorded on our debut CD um, self-titled term city Junction and uh, yeah you can find it on, on online or, or wherever iTunes so this is a uh, this is a tune that, um, I don't remember who brought it to the table, I guess I might have brought it to the table here, um, to the group, um, and I play it in this funky F tuning, F, C, F, C, D, huh. <laughs> called Last Chance Tuning. Let me make sure. here we go. Here we
2: go.
1: if you're gonna end on the minor or the major. Really.
0: Well I ended on the major, but you ended on the minor I and on. I think it worked out. Yep. I usually ended, ended on the major, but
1: I had assumed <laughs> that you were gonna end on the minor. But, oops. Yeah. So cool. nice
0: man. Yeah. It's that's fun. that's a that's a real trip to play in a play in a different key. Yeah for right, all the different right. shapes. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's a that's definitely a fun groove tune. You know, I love those mm. those old time melodies that don't have a, a ton of Melody. They just have a few notes that kind of wander around, and then you just build off of those. So I love noting really noty, complicated tunes as well sometimes. But especially as a banjo player, it's fun to right. goof off and, and add in your own creative little for sure. You know twists. All right, let's. uh You want to play fiddle? I'll a couple play some tunes. Fiddle. So what do you want to play first? Dinah. Yeah, see that Dinah. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, So yeah, I I play some fiddle too. I I started playing probably about four-ish years ago, maybe four, yeah, four years, probably finishing up college and, uh, you know, having played banjo for a number of years, was really enchanted by the fiddle and the the melodies and how much easier it can be to play Uh the melodies on the fiddle. The instrument itself is probably technically, you know, it's a little bit more demanding of just your... Your fingers and technique and your ear positioning and it's just kind of you know awkward in your hands uh but in terms of the old time melodies they they seem to move so much more logically yeah a lot of these are fiddle tunes after all so in banjo you know you have to go to great lengths to discover how to play the melody there's like six ways of playing one little melody (laughs) line sometimes so it can be really uh challenging so it's fun sometimes to just uh to play it on fiddle And, and and also you know leading tunes is a bit easier like we were talking about earlier um, but it's just a fun fun instrument. I think I was probably inspired to pick up the fiddle when I went to, um, you know, I, I've been going to Clifftop for a number of years now, and I think maybe it was like the third or fourth time I went a few years back, and I really enjoyed the, just, just listening to all the different fiddlers and thought it was just, I said, I need to learn how to play this, I, and I'm still young enough to, right. <laughs> to pick it up and really, you know, and, and be like mediocre by the time I'm 50. Uh-huh. <laughs> so here is uh, Dinah, right? Yeah, Dinah. kinds of cool stuff up there well lots of groovy bluesy notes in there i like that oh That's thanks
0: fun. that was mostly because uh the version you sent me who who was that who's playing
1: though uh Aaron jonah lewis maybe yeah what's the band what's that corn and potato string band corn potato yeah they're, doing a, they're doing a house concert here actually oh, awesome. in uh in may uh yeah I, I host a little house concert series at, at my at my place here in baltimore every month or so we have a different band come through so we've had uh We've had folks like uh, Pete Sutherland, Phenomenal Fiddler from Vermont, and his band, and uh, I guess last year we had uh, we had a band called The Honey Dew Drops, based in Baltimore, I'm trying to think of like, oh we had Chris Cool and Ivan Rosenberg last November, that was a lot of fun, and uh, we're having, yeah, we're having uh, the Foghorn String Band play yeah, here, awesome. and Corn <laughs> Potato String Band, and this band out of Canada that I really like called the Slow Can Ramblers, uh, Frank Evans a band phenomenal claw hammer player with that group and uh yeah there are a bunch of different uh bands that come through and and play uh, play here at the house which is a lot of fun because folks are always looking for places to play so it's fun to just open up the living room and say yeah come play in my come play in my house yeah
0: that, that uh version the corn potato band doing dinah you sent me that to learn to, to learn that version and it was like he's playing so fast i know it's and he's playing it so fast. different
1: every time that i just sort of like
0: uh, I'm just gonna just follow Brad. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, it's it's these
1: tunes. Yeah, everybody has their own variation, yeah. so it's fun to just uh to just take one you know time uh-huh. through and then just play from that rather than uh-huh. trying to match every variation. It's really hard to. Hard to oh yeah, that. um yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: sometimes it's hard to tell like what the tune is. Yeah, what is the tune? What is the tune? What is the tune? It's That's really a great hard to say.
1: Old time philosophical question. Yeah. You know? What is the tune? It's hard to do. sometimes. There, I think a lot of times there isn't an answer. I mean, what yeah. is, unless you know the person that wrote it, right. And you hear them play it their original way. But even the people who write tunes, I write. I write a bunch of tunes, and uh, you know, those can be. Uh, it's like it, I change them. You know, over time mm-hmm. they evolve. So it's you write music. You know, you know what it's like. A lot of people out there probably have written some tunes and songs, and yeah, it's it's uh, those change. So. <laughs> What is the right with it? It's hard to I think it's just like anytime you start to use the terms like right or wrong, uh-huh. or the way or not the way, it's just that's too uh, too clear cut, you know, for the music. Just, there's just way too many blurred lines uh, you know between what is and what isn't a song, and I think it's fine to keep it like that. Totally. It makes you more uh, you have to listen really closely every time.
0: I heard once that uh, I think I was at Rockbridge and I was playing with, Clyde Davenport's a Kentucky fiddler, right? Is he a yeah. Kentucky dude? I was playing with someone, I think from Kentucky, and they said, like, I think they said, I played this with Clyde. Uh, it was five miles. Five miles from town, yeah. Do you say from or to? I don't know. I was get. oh yeah, once again, what's the tune name? Um, but anyway, uh, we were playing that, and he was like, yeah, I was playing it with Clyde, and he said... Do not play a B minor. Oh, play yeah, a yeah. G. That is how it is. Right, and, I, right, right. and I was telling that story to later to Brian uh, Slattery, and he, you know, and he's like totally the opposite. Right, right. You he's know, he's like he just wants to do whatever he wants yes. in the moment, and he's right. just like, he's like, I hate that story. <laughs> 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 he's like, I am not okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Israel, yeah. No, I, love, I, I love it when people are opinionated about that kind of I think thing because it's, it's fun to
1: interact with <laughs> yeah and i think it's uh i mean if i were to play it with clyde i would play the g chord i mean sure. i feel like if sure. i would be i would respect you know the way it was played but yeah. on my own i'd probably play the oh minor yeah chord a big time i don't know it's <laughs> it, you know i i've had an interesting relationship with the minor chord over the years you know i started out definitely a fan of the minor chord as much as possible and now i've Started to recognize that the uh, the four chord is is quite nice, very colorful mm-hmm. and pretty. So uh, so I like playing. I play like playing the major chord sometimes too. I don't know. It's just it's all fun to to mix around and, and de- like I said, depends on who you play with and. Right. I don't think there has to be a right or wrong way, um, unless you know. I think in that case, because that is the way that if that's the way Clyde wrote it and he intended for it, then.
0: Now, did he actually write I, tunes I, or did you just find them and
1: or like... I mean, from what I've heard, it's kind of ambiguous. Some right. You know, it's like right. from him, did he really, did he find it from somebody else or did he just write it and then... That's I always
0: that's always the weird thing. It's like, yeah, this is like a Sarah Armstrong tune and it's like, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah, is that, yeah. She's like the only one who knows these tunes, you know. Right, like, right. Yeah
1: yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to sort of take ownership of traditional tunes uh-huh. it's like how do you know uh-huh for sure our ears are not perfect you know yeah mm.
0: all right let's let's play one more um and we'll like end it on that um yeah let's do a rager this is uh yeah breaking up christmas before we do thanks so much for being on this podcast oh yeah we, no my yeah. pleasure
1: this is uh this has been a lot of fun and um uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to to catch up with you again at, at Clifftop. You're going to Clifftop, oh, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah, I can't make it to Mount Airy this oh, year. Oh yeah, I'm really yeah, bummed. I went about it. for a couple days last year. I don't know if I can go this year or not. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'll see you. I'm sure I'll see you this summer. Yeah, but, man. Yeah. I
0: I haven't played that much with you uh, often because when I see you at a festival, you're usually in this like in a like a small group, and you're the only banjo player, and you guys are playing super fast, and you sound <laughs> so good oh, that yeah. I'm just like. I'm really not needed here, and so like I'm really glad that <laughs> oh, I like um, yeah. that we're doing this because I've been yeah, wanting yeah. to play with you, Warren. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Yes, yes, well, I you know at, at Clifftop, I, I I guess I play with smaller groups sometimes. I I try to play with a mix though. Like I love like the big jams like sure. 20 people. You know, those are fun too. Keith McManus is, Yeah, too, well, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, just like you know, I, I've met I've met a lot of friends from like the Berkeley contingent that comes down. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun to hang out with them, and have these massive you know epic kind of jams. Um, yeah I like I enjoy playing it all you know we do this we do this old time jam here in Baltimore which has you know 20-30 people uh-huh. and that's fun sometimes more 40 or 50 people playing at once it was crazy um, but that's a lot of fun too so I love the big jam but yeah right. yeah it's, it's you know a cliff top there are these weird like if it's a small jam and it's just a fiddle it's banjo, banjo guitar, etiquette you, you know, know it's yeah. important to have yeah <laughs> a little so, bit anyway let's uh, do let's do a, let's do a uh, super standard uh, breaking up Christmas here it comes Oh boy, I haven't played with my fourth finger yet today, so it's going to be all right <laughs> soon.
0: So, so great. You know, I was having major technical difficulties that weekend, and Brad was being so hospitable and patient. He even let me borrow an SD card. If you want to buy any of Brad's records, go to charmcityjunction.com and kenanbrad.com. They play all over the place, all the time, so make sure and check their concert schedules while you're there. In fact, here's a couple you may be interested in. Charm City Junction is playing at Gray Fox on July 15th, and Delaware Valley on September 4th. Ken and Brad are touring with Rachel Eddy through New England in late August, and playing at Walnut Valley in Winfield, Kansas in mid-September. Go see them, they're fantastic live. In fact, after we recorded, I went to see Brad, Ken, Alex, and Rachel play at Germano's, they were awesome. I was able to record a few tunes before my portable recorder had a seizure, which reminds me, this podcast takes a lot of time to make, and at least some money. There's festival fees, gasoline, tolls, etc. In order to make this a weekly podcast, and that is my goal, it can't just be a labor of love. So if you really want to support Get Up In The Cool, visit my website, CameronDeWitt.com, C A M E R O N, D E W h-i-t-t and uh, click on the link that says patreon it's like a kickstarter but for creators of regular content and there are some great rewards such as banjo tabs mp3 downloads skype lessons and most importantly bonus tracks this week's bonus track is an exclusive recording from ken and brad's show at germanos if you want to go big i'll advertise your show record or company Probably my favorite reward is the one where you get to play me like an old-time jukebox. Give me a list of your favorite tunes, and at the end of each episode, I'll choose one and perform a solo banjo arrangement. But the most important way to support Get Up In The Cool is to tell people about it. Follow Get Up In The Cool on Twitter and Facebook. Retweet and share when I release new episodes. Give the show a five-star rating in the iTunes Store and write a review. Tell your friends! acquaintances, true loves, and uh, mortal enemies. That's right, pave a path to reconciliation. Let me help. Finally, a personal plug. Hire me to play at your party or square dance. Even better, I'd love to teach a banjo class at your camp. Specifically, I can do a workshop on my signature three finger claw hammer technique. You heard me right, three fingers. I like to call it pitchfork style. You can click the contact button on my website, CameronDeWitt.com, or email me at getupinthecool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, friends. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in next week for more Get Up In The Cool.